Hey guys, welcome to Right Way, a podcast where we give you insight to make informed decisions about your writing career. I'm your host, Rhea Fry, multi-published author and CEO and founder of Right Way. And I'm Joe Tower, writer, media producer, and Right Way's executive editor. On this podcast, Rhea and I will take an inside look at the publishing industry with honest and straightforward shop talk. So when you do get published, you'll know exactly what to do the right way. This is a Soul Fire production. Hey guys, welcome back to another Right Way podcast. We are at the very start of September. We are doing something a little different called Coffee and Trades. And it's literally what it sounds like. Instead of diving into process, we are going to be drinking coffee together and going through trades, going through today, it's going to be Kirkus Reviews. And we're going to be looking at what books are coming out, what books are being reviewed, what books are popular. And today we're going to get into a fall preview as we're finally going into fall and leaving this (laughs) shitty summer behind us. Does it mean anything? (laughs) Does it mean anything? (laughs) But we're going to be talking about debut novels today and some debut novels that are coming out. I, for one, get so excited around debuts. I think it's such a special time for a writer. There really is nothing better. And we're going to go through just a few books that are going to be coming out this September and just chatting about them. Yeah, I think, um, you know, we mentioned this before, but I think we talk so much about execution, so much about success, so much about industry. We want to talk about why we love books. And Absolutely. we fucking love We love books. I read all the time. And you are on a reading tear. I got to admit, you know, like, I think it's interesting. Like, I do like to read, but I just love like, God, like going into a bookstore and like book covers. Oh, it's just the the way that. Yeah. Okay, so I have a I mean, I'm not alone in this, but I have this thing where I go through bookstores or even when I get books. And I mean, I just go through shelf by shelf and I sniff paper and, and Alex, <laughs> like, awesome. so we read in bed at night, like we're, you know, 75 and uh-huh. like nighttime is very sacred for us where we just kind of wind down. And then we read, I mean, sometimes we'll read for two hours at night, which can tell you how much um, intimacy and romance is happening. Stop. in our bedroom at night. But, um, but we've just gotten in this like habit, but he jokes with me because seriously, when I'm reading a book, I am like constantly touching the pages. It's so yeah. loud when I read and he's like, yeah. oh my God, just stop, just stop touching the pages. Like I'm always doing something with them or sniffing them or I can't uh. just hold a book open and read it. Like I, it's a, it's a tactile experience for me. It's I've never read a book online. I do not have an e-reader. I cannot read an e-book. Like I have to have it in my hands and love it. It's Love such it. an experience for me. Like the whole thing is such an experience when when I read. Um, so I'm great. excited. We're doing this. Yeah, me too. Let's talk about, I think, let's talk about some of these um, debut novels Absolutely. from some really great authors that are coming out. And then uh, let's talk a bit about what, what we are reading, what you are reading right yes. now. Yes. Oh, um, gosh. So fun. For, first up here, uh, coming out on Algonquin on September 1st, uh, Peace Adzo Medi, uh, His Only Wife. Um the Kirkus Review calls the novel a Cinderella story set in Ghana, and uh, it's about the beautiful but poor Afi, uh, who's selected as a bride for the handsome, rich Elikem. Um, it's uh, uh, this is about a uh, a character that goes from 
being an innocent, awestruck village girl to a sophisticated, confident woman uh, who is accustomed to privilege and lux- luxury and uh, sets out on a creative career and is mad as hell, which I'm totally <laughs> into. That sounds fantastic. Absolutely. Yeah, I love, you know, I, I remember when The Kite Runner came out. Did you You know what, you I was that? gonna, absolutely, that's uh, Khalid Husseini, right? Yep, yep. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And I remember that being such an experience. I don't know why this reminded me of that, but. Well, it's interesting. It well, it does sound as uh, similar in, in, in perhaps like. Except place with and female characters, which I love. Totally. <laughs> and I, I was actually, I'm like, uh, I realized like I've been rev- rev- revisiting some um, like great authors from my past. And I, I, right now I'm reading, uh, you know, totally like uh, uh, off, off world and off tone, but I'm reading Carson McCullough's The Heart is a Lonely oh, Hunter, which yes, was her, I love that. her debut. I am staring yeah. at that. Literally, I'm staring at that on my yeah. shelf right now. Which, um, what another, like, incredible debut novel. You oh, like, yeah. so many amazing debuts. Um, yeah. So uh, this one, it's so funny, too, because I don't often go through these reviews online. Again, I'm such a paper, you know, like, paper-in-hand person, yeah. but... Yeah. Um, but yeah, every single book on this list sounds great, but I'm going to definitely yeah. be picking that one up. Um, the second okay. one up is The Roommate by Rosie Denan. This is going to be Berkeley coming out on September 15th. They call it a deliciously fresh romance with strong characters and feminist themes. This novel mm-hmm. is about the story of Clara, who moves to California and falls in love with the last person she would have expected, her roommate, Josh, who's a porn star. <laughs> um, review calls it a staunch rejection of societal shame about sex and pleasure, one that will speak to romance readers, young and old. And I just have to say oh, something about this. This reminds me. So when we lived, Alex and I lived in our last house, we moved there we were renting and we would see these neighbors across the street and they had a garden and they had kids and we had a kid we have a child obviously and I was like ooh maybe you know maybe we'll be friends and maybe we'll meet and I remember like never seeing the husband so I wouldn't see the husband and I would see the wife out in the garden and she looked scared and sad and like never was smiling and just seemed very morose. And one day we saw the girl and she had a broken leg and the daughter. And I was like, Oh my God, something horrible is going on in that house. Like, you know, my mind just spins out of control. And meanwhile, little do we know they are thinking the same thing about us. So we were watching each other for almost close to a year before we even spoke to each other. And now we're like the best of friends, but they thought well, first of all, no one was being no one was being abused. The husband's the nicest human on earth. <laughs> Jess, my friend Jess, just always has a scowl on her face, but she's an, a portrait artist. She's brilliant. But they thought Alex and I were porn stars, and that we were making porn all day, every day, in our house. And I don't know how they came to that <laughs> conclusion, but to this day, they think that that's like what we were doing. And um, well, to be fair, you guys are a very handsome couple. Well, thanks. I appreciate it. I wish, I, I mean, I would, oh, that would be amazing if that's what we were doing all day. Like, sure. Uh, sign me <laughs> that's up. <funny>. But- <laughs> uh, this is totally a little bit off topic also, but this is regarding porn stars. I, um, <laughs> when I taught, uh, I taught acting at UCLA. And I had a intro to acting class and there was, um, one of my, one of my students, um, like, like for the entire semester, like maybe showed up for class, like a third of the time, like just was never there. And when she did show up, 
she would she'd come in like a pink velour tracksuit or something. And I know at one point she missed a number of classes because she had some rhinoplasty surgery. That was clear. Um, mm-hmm. But I didn't really think anything of it at first because I was like, well, you know, we're on sorority row. Um, she's blonde. Sure. She's wearing a, like a pink Adidas tracksuit. Like, you know, I didn't even didn't even put two and two together. And when the class was over, um, I had a uh, another one of my students sent me a link uh, when the semester was over, sent me a link to uh, a, not only a Playboy magazine, but then a porn site, uh, <laughs> which this student was featured in. Oh my and God, now, stop. I'm not going to say who, but she is a rather prominent. No um, way. Self-producing. She's like kind of like a, an industry superstar. Oh my uh, God. A, a porn star. So That is hysterical. See, we both have porn stories. This is we great. We both so that have porn Everybody stories. should pick up The Roommate if you have a porn story. Pick up The Roommate, <laughs> September 15th. Um, That's right. Coming out October 6th, so getting into like deep fall, is uh, Phil Clay's Missionaries. Uh, he won the National Book Award for his collection of short stories, Redeployment, but this is his debut novel. Um, and this is uh, a um, a story about a host of journalists, mercenary soldiers, and well-meaning innocents who are thrust into a quagmire in Colombia um, and giving his concerns about intractable violence on a broader scope, uh, the review says. Uh, that comes out on Penguin Press October 6th. That's Missionaries by Phil Clay. Sounds... That sounds, intense. It does. Make, I I don't read enough books like that. I don't. I don't feel like I need to. I I I am um I'm and I'm more definitely more of a short story collection reader. Sure, that, I love that. that. I love that you still like, read short uh, stories. That makes me think of his his redeployment. His collection redeployment makes me think of uh, what's that? Uh, Tim O'Brien's The Things <gasps> They Carry. Did you? Oh, that was an amazing. Thing. Oh, are you kidding incredible... me? We both studied that in college yeah, uh, together. Yeah. I think in maybe one of those classes. That book again. I'm staring at it on my bookshelf. An incredible collection. An incredible collection. One of the most amazing oh my books. Um, my, oh my god. My husband's never read it, and I'm like, you have to read this book. It just it stayed with me to yeah. this day. I read it probably what. 20 years ago or not even 20 years ago but don't can we not talk about i know i know oh yeah we caught- and and joe is officially 40 oh he just turned that's 40 true true yes statement. it's amazing Big four I'm, zero. i am right behind you it's amazing oh. but but yes if if you have not read the things they carried by tim o'brien pick it up it is such a oh it is just such a classic um yeah. book it really read. is it really i heard is. your slurp of coffee i love it i can't get mine to slurp Speaking what is of, happening like, what are you what kind of roast you got what do you got going okay on so my coffee uh <laughs> journey so i've tried to give up coffee my coffee for journey. years my Don't coffee journey years and years and years i love in my it. debut novel actually i made coffee coffee actually appears in every single one of my books it's kind of my signature thing you like, are honest to god i and I think that I always thought that I am a coffee lover, but I love coffee. No, you love, but I don't you drink love it. The process. I do. I love, love the, the process. process. It's not, coffee. it's not, um, I don't drink it in the afternoon. I literally yeah. have one or two cups in the morning, but we use a Chemex. So we, I used to make coffee so strong that like in a normal coffee maker grounds would just get all in the cup and used to be a dark roast person. And then I, again, I love the process of anything really. So we got a Chemex, which looks like a giant beaker, a giant glass beaker. And we boil our teapots to 190 or no, not 190. That's tea to like 200, 210 degrees. And then we grind our light roast and you swirl this water on top and it, it's just a, 
A light I'm, roast. No a light less. roast, yeah, which has the most caffeine. But it's a light, um, <laughs> it's a manual process. It takes like about 12, I'd say about 12 minutes from start to finish. I'm a, but I'm a medium roast guy, and I also am a big cold brew fanatic. So I make See, my I own can't cold do it. brew at home. I can't oh, do really? it. I think I just like uh, drink it all day. Like I'm so sensitive to caffeine, but I love. Are you? So tell me this, because I think, <laughs> and maybe I'm wrong. So maybe this is like. Maybe this is the justification of an addict, but I, it's not about the caffeine. Oh, thing. not at all. Not at all. Yeah. Uh, 100% no. And I mean, every time I've tried to stop coffee, I do get a headache. So I guess I'm more addicted to it than I think. But it it is such a part of our morning. And since we've been in quarantine, my husband and I have our morning coffee chats. So we make our coffee. We go out back and sit in the jungle. Oh, my God. There's a hummingbird, a little baby hummingbird that is like right in front of my window right now. Um, and we, we listen to the jungle outside and sip our coffee and just come into the day and chat about what we have. And, and it's been really lovely. Like it's really part of our DNA as a couple. And I just love, I love everything about it. Like it's, yeah. yeah. So this is fun. I love that we're doing coffee and talking about books. I know. Speaking of the next one and the last one actually on this list is called The Prophets by Robert Jones Jr. And that's Putnam comes out January 5th. So now we're getting into winter a little bit. But this epic novel tells the story of Samuel and Isaiah and the way their love disrupts life on the Mississippi plantation where they're enslaved. The review says Jones spins a sprawling story of jealousy and passion that foregrounds black queerness, asserting that queerness has always been part of the black experience, not just in the slave past, but the African mm. one as well. In a, an ambitious, imaginative and important tale. Holy shit. That sounds amazing. That um, sounds amazing. I love like I, I love in light of everything that's been going on in the world too. I know that editors are so hungry for diverse voices and different stories and stories like yeah. this just says it's always been a part, especially of the black experience, but that we don't see enough on the page. Um, that sounds like such a powerful, beautiful story. I will be adding well, that to my yeah. list. Yeah, I, that 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 definitely is on my list for uh, for this season. I think that's interesting. The The marketplace is so continues to open wider and wider uh for 100%. us to, to hear and read read more and more i i'm i get hungry i get hungry like for books that capture stories that i've never heard of like like those like i've never thought of you know like you get so grounded in your own um in in your own story or stories that are relative to your experience that there's so much that we miss and books are such an excellent way to get that like both real and imagined. I, it just is such right. a, like such an incredible, and to, to really be able to absorb it. I mean, I love movies. I'm, I'm, I, I always have, I love watching movies. I love the craft. I love, uh, I love scripts, but there's something out about a book that can really examine something so fully and give you such a, a, a 360 degree an immersive perspective on but a particular I, story. That, but I, I, yeah. yeah. And I think we have to hear all those perspectives though. Like the other day mm -hmm. I was going through, Absolutely. so, so I'm lucky enough to have grown up with a father and mother who exposed me to all sorts of literature and black literature specifically was always part of my life. My favorite books are by African-American authors. My favorite book of all time is the color purple 
by Alice Walker. I grew up with Toni Morrison. I mean, I've read every single thing by Toni Morrison. Native Son by Richard Wright is one of my absolute favorite books. Um, Zora Neale Hurston, Their Eyes Were Watching God. I mean, like, oh my God, like, and these were the books that I grew up with. And as I, as I grew up and then, uh, you know, Pablo Neruda is like one of my favorite poets and he's Spanish and like, you know, my husband is Mexican and we, we've always tried to really encompass all literature, not just black or white, but every single culture. And I was perusing the other day because I was like, okay, I'm a thriller slash suspense slash women's fiction writer. And I was looking up like, wait, all the books that I read are in this genre are mainly white authors. And I started doing a little bit Mm. of digging and it was harder to find suspense writers who are African-American or other cultures. And it it pissed me off because I'm like, why? I mean, you know, writing genre genre fiction anyway is it's not for everyone but i'm like why are we celebrating these white kind of mostly women authors um which is fine and i'm i'm very appreciative to be one of them but i think we have to open those doors wider and and hear more voices because they're so much more interesting than hearing kind of the same stories regurgitated over and over again Oh my God. And I, you know, I'm, I'm in this kind of, um, uh, rapidly consuming, uh, horror literature. At yeah. The yeah. And, and so is that mostly white authors? I'm just curious. Well, I mean, uh, oddly enough, I mean, if you, if you really look at like transformative, first of all, I don't know what the, what your expectation would be, but if you really look at transformative, um, novels and and short story collections in horror mm-hmm. uh two of the most prominent are are women i mean oh wow um, that's amazing you know uh uh um uh shelley's frankenstein and and you look at like uh the house uh the haunting of hill house mm-hmm. uh by shirley jackson um but also i'm trying to make sure that i keep it diverse like you know, I think one of the one of one of the greatest like ghost stories, haunting stories, uh, uh, I think uh, in recent memory is like Toni Morrison's Beloved. Oh, um, I'm staring at I that think, on my shelf as well right now. So there are good. actually like a, there are like a ton of great horror novels and horror uh, short story collections by like Japanese authors. Um, there are a lot of like South American authors. So it, it, the unfortunate thing, and I think you bring up a great point, is I shouldn't have to look go looking exactly yeah i think the way the way it's marketed in the mainstream especially in the u.s is yeah we get we get things get really really whitewashed and i think and i i hopefully think that the tide is turning but yeah i'm really sick of i'm really so you don't like the white men the white male (laughs) no i'm done every time we get a white male client he's like nope can't sorry do it man (laughs) sorry and I know I am one, but like, I'm so sick of them, of, of white, of books and stories by white authors setting the standard and, right. and they're, oh, they're bygone. Yep. We're, 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 we're generations removed. Let's move on. Let's find the new yes. standards. And I guarantee uh, that the harder we look and the closer we look, we're going to find that the, the, the white, the white dudes aren't setting any standards 
any standards. That's no, not, I, I, no. I agree with you a hundred percent on that. It's crazy. I am, I am currently reading uh, a white, a white male well, I'm, author. I'm currently reading a white female author. However, I will say, so I'm reading this book called the night swim by Megan golden. And she debuted mm-hmm. last year with such a cool book called the escape room, which was a bunch of like corporate assholes who get trapped in this elevator, but it's part of a game, kind of like the escape room, like the actual Mm -hmm. escape room games. And it was a very unique concept, but this one I'm obsessed with. And Joe and I talked about this offline the other day, but she has, she's really like being so playful with the way she's presenting the story on the page. But the main character is this woman named Rachel who has a true crime podcast that has gained such quick notoriety because she kind of solves these cold cases. She dredges up old cases and finds new evidence and solves them. So she's on season three and there is this, this rape case and this, you know, small sleepy North Carolina town. It's a very wealthy white boy who's an Olympic hopeful. He's a swimmer and he's been accused of raping this 16 year old girl And of course, it's a he said, she said she decides to go down and cover the trial in real time and let her readers decide, let them kind of be the jury. And during this time, there's another woman whose sister was brutally murdered, raped and murdered, and they buried that story, called it a drowning when it wasn't. So there are kind of two different cases going on at the same time, Mm. um, which is just amazing. But the way that she does it, my agent's reading this book right now, but she's listening to the audio book. And the way the book is set up is it's from Rachel's perspective, this other woman's perspective, who's leaving her these letters. And then her actual podcast is a chapter. And on the audio book, they do like the podcast music and they're doing it like it's an actual podcast, which I think is so brilliant and so cool. So you're getting these like three different experiences while you're reading this book. Yeah. And it's funny. It makes me think of, uh, talk about like art imitating life because I just both finished the book and the documentary on HBO of uh, Michelle McNamara's I'll Be Gone in the Dark. Oh, wow. I haven't seen that. She actually legitimately did solve a cold case. Oh, I think that, Uh, I mean, I think it's so cool. And it's incredible. Yeah. And just watching her process, I think not only of, 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 and not that we're, Rhea and I are both uh, true True crime. crime Oh my God. I'm about to talk about a case. I know. We're uh, we're getting, uh, we might get a little, but uh, you know, uh, talk about another debut book. And sadly it was published posthumously, but like uh, Michelle McNamara's uh, Mm -hmm. debut, I'll be gone in the dark is uh, incredible. uh, If you're into nonfiction, true crime. Um, Well, true crime is, I mean, we've, you know, Joe and I have talked about doing so many true crime things. I've always wanted a book, uh, write a, wanted to write a book called man-made monsters, but I've mentioned this a couple of times on the podcast, but I, I did, um, I used to be a journalist for, for several death row cases. And there's always been a case I've wanted to write about, uh, which I think is so relevant in this racially charged time. But this was years ago. It was in Bloomington, Illinois. And there was a woman, a white woman named, uh, named Amanda Ham, who had three different children by three different men. And at the time she was dating a, an African-American man named Maurice Legrone, who, you know, they were, they were a couple. Um, 
And one night they went down to park on a boat dock. There wasn't much more to do in this town. And the car hydroplaned when they parked. Maurice was driving. The car went into the water and sank. They were not able to get the children out, but the adults were able to swim to shore. Amanda swam to shore. Maurice was trying to get the kids out. And the 911 call was just tragic, um, hearing her anguish as a mother. But paramedics got there. Two of the children were dead, and the the third child died um, upon arrival to the hospital. And so the town, this very racist town, tried to crucify them, especially Maurice. And it was a death penalty case. I uh, attended both trials. I was the representative for the family on the news. I stayed with the family, like just dissected this whole case from the start to the finish, visited both of them in jail, got to know them both very well. But Maurice was, they dropped the death penalty case. He was sentenced to life without parole, has never been able to get an appeal. I mean, just denied appeal after appeal after appeal. They had no evidence, none, zero. And then Amanda was out in five years and ended up having three more children and is out. I think she's living in Chicago, but it was, it has always been a case that has just tugged at my heart. Like I want to get him out of jail. I really do believe that it was a tragic accident gone wrong. There was no evidence. Um, he was kind of hung out to dry because he was an African-American in this town. And it's just always haunted me the way that case was handled. And there are so, I mean, obviously so many cases like that and so many innocent people that get put behind bars. But um, that's why this book, The Night Swim, is is just so, it's affecting me so deeply because, oh, sure. you know, true crime and, and these, I mean, I worked on several cases, but I, it's just something that, that tugs at me. And, and I've always wanted to be a detective <laughs> or figure out cases. So that really, really speaks to me. You guys, if you subscribe, listen, rate and review to this podcast and make it yes. as successful as it can yes. possibly be, then Rhea and I can realize our dream <laughs> and produce a true crime podcast. Yes, where we will solve cases. I mean, oh I know God. that I know the true crime thing is is super super popular, but I, I don't know. I just I find it so fascinating to see when when and if someone commits a crime like where did that start? Where did that where did that person switch? Like when Well, I I yeah, I I definitely am also like I'm interested in true crime in how it pertains to like the corruption of Oh, yeah. not only the, you know, uh, the um rules of law but the the justice system. Uh and 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 I love true crime because of the uh and true crime books because of the the eye the point of view and, yes. and you know uh, not debut but speaking of you know another like unbelievable book like in cold blood I, oh I god just, yep I would, I and, and i think <laughs> that's what you're talking about is yeah. that idea of the the eye the eye, you know the writer the quote-unquote eye of that uh of that uh chronicle getting so close to it that they're, they're a character themselves. They're, they're Absolutely. I have one of my favorite books that's also on my shelf is called Doing Time. And it's a collection of work from prisoners. Um, I have so many, like I have another one like that. It's women in prison, but it is unbelievable. Not only what amazing writers 
some of these people are, but just their pain and anguish and, Mm. you know, a lot of, I mean, of course the joke is that like everybody claims their innocence in prison, but I mean, I've seen it firsthand and how broken our system is and how I remember I, I was on another death row case of a man who was executed and he was like, if you don't have money for representation, like, and you're in a crooked town, a crooked little small town, oh, you know, you will fry we see it time and time again. It's like every documentary on Netflix. Oh is yeah, about absolutely. Of course. People that are underrepresented, undervalued, um, and have no agency. They have nope. no agency. Yeah. It's uh that shit's crazy. I also am like, you know, I, I love writers. I love authors that write crime or, you know, and I, I was thinking even because I'm also reading, like I literally just have like a stack of books on my nightstand. Oh, me too. I'm, I'm Mine's almost reading, like tipping over. Oh my God. It's embarrassing. I'm, I'm reading uh, <laughs> Red Dragon by Thomas Harris. Oh. And the amount of research that he awesome. had poured, poured into that, that book. It made me think of your, uh, your recent release and how much research you put into uh, that world. You know, yeah. Uh, and I mean, it's, I love, I actually, it's funny. I love and don't love research. Like it, it depends on kind of what, what it is. I mean, I've always, there's, there's this thing that they do every year. It's, um, God, I can't remember the name of it. It's this cool, like if you're a crime writer, you get to go and actually like be, like be put in that situation where you get like kidnapped and you have to figure out a way out and you get to learn all kinds of police procedural stuff. And I think things like that, like I love experiences like that and being super hands-on and research that way versus just like reading about something. I'm a very tactile learner and a very visual learner, but that's why it's so fun in this world. I mean, of writing and being an author, whether, whether it is fiction or nonfiction, just being able to, dive into these different worlds and, and play and, and just see what comes out of it. It's, it's fascinating. It is. uh, It's totally fascinating. Um, so I think one of the things we should mention before we sign off today is that this is, uh, in addition to like this being our first opportunity to like sit down during an episode, uh, and just talk about books we're reading, books we like, books that are coming out, um, books, 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 uh, it's also the first episode of our brand new schedule um, where we're giving you even more content. Uh, we're giving you twice the content. We're coming at you every week. We'll be dropping episodes. Woohoo. Um, woohoo. And we're going to like, that's, you know, it's twice as much content. This is why, and it's great because it does give us the opportunity to set aside episodes like this uh, where we can just uh, talk about coffee and talk about. Oh, it's uh, like the books soul like. food for me. Like oh just being, God. I don't get to do this. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, I know, you know, know. yeah, you're, tar- you know, if you're part of a book club or part of a writer's group, sure. You talk about that stuff, but just being able to sit and peruse and look at what's coming out and talking about it. Like, Oh, and think about thinking about all the books I'm going to buy. <laughs> oh my God. That's where the majority. So my money goes to food and books. Um, yeah. and I will, I will never stop spending money on books i just it's it's the best heard that but uh suffice to say uh we got more episodes coming at you we're we're going to be hitting you with a lot of more good information about the publishing industry good information about representation good information about the writing process and also we're gonna we're gonna (laughs) be doing a lot of interviews with uh with professionals in the field so stay tuned for all of that find us wherever you're you get your podcasts and uh, definitely listen, subscribe, rate, and review. Please. Please. Uh, we love getting <laughs> that feedback. We love taking that feedback. So, Thanks, um, guys. Thank you guys for listening. Until next time. 